Welcome to another episode of Bears, The Bar and Beyond, the Baylor Pre-Law Podcast. And this week, we have a very special guest and an alumni, Sheridan Berry. Thanks for joining us, Sheridan. Thanks for having me, Ben. Sheridan uh, just graduated. Well, not just graduated. About like a year ago. About a year ago from Baylor. (laughs) And now you're at Baylor Law. I am. And you are actually the first of our Baylor to Baylor Law scholars. Yes. It's been an exciting transition. Something new, something different. What did you study when you were here at Baylor? Um, At Baylor, I was a great text of the Western Civilization major um, with a minor in entrepreneurship. I wanted to really delve into, you know, the study of Western literature and being able to get into that side of Baylor while also getting some basic knowledge of business and how that worked. Did you find that was a helpful background? It was helpful. I wish that maybe I had done more business-related classes, such as accounting and finance, Mm -hmm. um, rather than just marketing and management. Um, But, you know, you live and learn. I still love the (laughs) entrepreneurship program. Yeah. Would highly recommend it to people. What what was it about those courses that you think would have helped you prepare? Was it practical stuff? Was it just understanding some business concepts? Yes. Um, What I've learned in law school is that just hard skills, such as, you know, learning how to easily add, subtract, divide, multiply really comes in handy when you're learning how to calculate damages in law school. And interest. Yes. Yeah. And with, if you had done these basic finance and accounting classes, when you get in law school, you realize that there are tax attorneys and there are people that do M&A transactions, mergers and acquisitions related to businesses. And if I had more of that background, I could have understood a lot more about the organization of businesses in law school and how that works. It might have helped me out a little bit more, yeah. and I might have found an earlier interest. Well, I think it's a, a very common misconception, like, oh, I suck at maths and science, so I'll go and be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, there's, there are big parts of law that don't require an in-depth knowledge of physics, but you've got to have a pretty decent business math background because you can't avoid it. Right. And I thought, you know, going to law school... I was going to avoid some math and science, but yeah. really quickly learned that you do attorneys have to calculate damages. They have to figure out how much you're going to ask the judge for. Mm-hmm. And while that's basic, you know, adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing, you still got to know where numbers go and you have to understand the basics and the you know fundamentals behind it. Yeah. And I think when I found practicing, not only did you have to do that, but if the cause of action arose some time ago, then there's interest that's yes. chargeable on those damages. And you've got to be able to figure out, well, if this rate applies, at the, how many years, what is the interest on top of the damages? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've had to really learn math again. And honestly, <laughs> it's been an appreciation for it yeah. that I haven't had. So it's been good, but I wish I've had a background in it in college. It helped me out a little bit more. What about your great text? Did that did that lie a good, fran- uh, good uh, foundation? Oh, my gosh. Great text was, I think, one of the best decisions I made in college it was a really intensive study of Western civilization, starting from the ancients, um, and it would go to the medieval, and then it would end in modern times. And when you read, you know, eight to ten books per semester, really go in depth with them, really understand them, 
and read through them and glean information that from the first cursory look you would not have found. And from that, you write papers and you do, you know, oral arguments to your professors and the students around you. It's a very Socratic method Mm -hmm. of teaching, which is what law school is, is all Socratic method of teaching. And so that was a great foundation for me to be able to read a lot under a time pressure and being able to articulate what I read into words on a paper, which is also what law school is. When you take exams, you have to be able to articulate your arguments onto paper. Um, So that was really helpful for me getting into law school with that major. What did you do for some of our, some of our listeners are, Prospective students. Yeah. So as a B2B scholar, what give us a little bit of a background in terms of what you did to maybe prepare for our some of our high school juniors and seniors. What are some of the things that you did or you think you should do to best prepare to make yourself as, as competitive as possible for that program? So what I did going into interviewing for this B2B scholarship was I did a lot of just shadowing opportunities, just really short, obviously unpaid internships with just local attorneys where I lived. I'm from Memphis. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to shadow the DA's office and the public defender's office for a couple weeks at a time. Um, Just really kind of go in depth with, you know, why I want to go to law school. What are the parts of law school that I would enjoy? What, why do I want to go and practice law? What kind of areas of law interest me? And so I had that background going into Baylor University that I think really helped my chances of getting looked at. Another big reason um, for the law law school um, interviewing process is they want to know why you want to go, but they also want to know that you'll be a help to society after you graduate. If you just want to go make money, they're not interested. But if you have a compelling story of this is why I want to go, I want to help people, and this is how I foresee myself helping, they'll listen to you more. Um, That's what I found going in is they want people they can champion to be successful citizens and attorneys that represent Baylor Law School well. And you touched on a little bit of a theme, I think, that when you look through your resume, you can see, and that's a, that's a willingness to reach out to people. So you were, um, some of our students may remember one of the workshops that you led on internships, but you also had an opportunity to go abroad while you were here yes. at Baylor uh, to intern with a law firm. Could you, could you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? That's so funny. Um, at first, I was not very good at reaching out to people. Honestly, I was afraid of rejection until my mom said that you don't know until you try. And yeah. then the worst they can say is no. <laughs> like no one's going to. You definitely won't get the job if you don't ask Right, for exactly. Yeah. And so we had family friends. Uh, the lady that was my high school advisor, her brother was in London practicing law. And at that point in high school, I decided I really did want to you know, go to law school. And I was looking at, like I said previously, shadowing experiences, opportunities. And I was already going to London um, early on in my college career with my dad on a little trip. And we, I decided, you know, might as well just email her brother, um, who was a former partner at Ensign Co., just to see if there was any chance I could just come in and just shadow people and just be the person that, you know, could get coffee or could just, you know, make copies. Just something that would throw me into an illegal environment where I could just watch. Um, and so I really just, with my, you know, with my parents' help, I just was like, I, I got to do this. And so I yeah. emailed um, Stephen Marias was his name and just introduced myself and asked, I know your, your sister and, you know, this is what she told me that you do. And I was wondering if I could just come and visit and just talk with you for maybe 30 minutes. If you even have that much time, just, I want to hear about your firm and your practice. And instead of saying, yes, you can come in and talk with me, he goes, how about you come work 
for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll come work. That was not what I was expecting. But no. Okay. I, and so that's when I really realized that reaching out to people is the hardest step because most times people want to help you. They want to help you succeed. And if you're willing to reach out to them and show them that you care about who they are and what they do, they're going to want to help you as much as they can. And yeah. I really saw that. So lo and behold, a couple months later, I found myself in London working for Ensign Co., which is what I didn't realize at the time, a huge international law very, firm. Very, very prestigious firm. Huge. Yeah. had no idea. Um, and st- and I you know, went up to the office, which was the Maritime and Admiralty Law Division, was what Stephen Marias worked underneath in that law firm. And so obviously I had no idea what maritime admiralty law was, but it sounded cool. So I was excited (laughs) to come, you know, shadow. And instead of shadowing, they showed me to my desk. They showed me that a personal computer they had for me. They showed me that I had Westlaw and LexisNexis. So for those that don't know, that's all legal research. Of course, I had no idea what that was. Um, And they said, okay, well, you know, you'll get assignments and we're glad you're here. I mean, you can imagine... (laughs) Just the shock on my face. I I had no I knowledge. I thought I was just going to sit here yes. and watch and yeah, maybe be, get coffees. Thought it would be easy. No, no. It was more like we need you to research this pipeline that's going in in America, in Alaska. We need to know like why they're doing that. What are the legal ramifications behind that? Another one was we have this shipbuilding dispute. We want to know what are the jurisdictions surrounding this and how are they going to resolve this issue? And as someone who's in college with like with law school in the distance, about two years, three years away at least, I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) But the ability to say, yes, I will do it, I will try, is really what I think distinguishes people from everyone who just expects an easy job. And, you know. Well, I mean, how about the boost of your confidence? Oh, my gosh. I could actually do this. It was, it gave me a lot of anxiety at first going, maybe I can't do this. And then I realized that this was not, I can maybe, I, I have to do this. They expect this of me. I can't just come up to a partner and say, I'm sorry, I don't know how. So for the next a- couple hours that day, I was learning how to use LexisNexis. I was learning how to look for legal research. I was having to see what I knew from my you know, college education, from your, from your right, education, high school yeah. education and try to apply that as best I could to a legal education that I didn't even have and just say, okay, what would they expect me to write? What would they expect me to present? And it turned out that, I mean, I, I did what I was supposed to do and it may not have been what they thought the format was going to be. They probably didn't think it was what I was going to write, but I did give them something and they, they appreciated it and they used it. And well, that I mean, was huge. We are so used to be able to just get answers straight away from our phone or Google. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, I think sometimes we're dumbing down those those research skills. But you've seen just how important it is to be able to think through, can I find the answer to this question without having to ask somebody and expect an immediate response? Yes. A lot of self, <laughs> self-reliance, really big lesson in independence. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I knew this is really what I want to do. This is why I want to go to law school. This interests me. You know, it's it's like a treasure hunt. You have to find it. You're not going to find it immediately. But, you know, even if the answer isn't there, at least you can say, okay, we've exhausted every avenue. This is a new case. I have thought through these issues and like, yeah. So it was really great. Highly recommend. Well, I mean, that's one of the things we talk about almost ad nauseum is informational interviews. If you'd like some information on how to do informational interviews, do go and check out our first episode. But if you are interested in any career, I mean, that's that's the first step. If you want to go and be a doctor, then you need to be talking to some doctors. If you want to be a lawyer, you need to go and talk to people who are actually 
doing it and, and doing the kinds of jobs that you think you're interested in. Absolutely. And like you say, so many people are too scared to actually start. Oh, yeah. When you actually do it. I was you stand out terrified at first and then but I just realized that no one's going to give you a job you know yeah. you have to go seek it out you have to earn it you know long gone are the days that you just can sit back and a job fall in your lap you yeah. know and I really think it distinguishes you if you can you know get past the first time of being scared and saying you know what the worst answer I can receive is no I don't think we have anything for you but thanks for calling you know yeah. and at least you know now okay it wasn't as bad as I thought and you probably learned something you didn't know beforehand about the law, legal life, and all of that. So, and the more of them do, the more of them that you do, the better you will get. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you worked really hard. Um, I know you did really well while you were here. Tell us about the transition from <laughs> college to law school. Oh yeah. Um, what I tell people coming in from college to law school is that law school is unlike anything you've ever done or ever will do. Therefore reset your expectations. Hmm. I was a A student in college and I if I just studied hard enough, I could make the grade I wanted. I yeah. mean it really I mean I worked hard and studied hard, but it was clear like if you work this hard you get this grade. Law school is totally opposite. You can work as hard as you can and you may never get the A. It's all I I clarify that um that law, law school is graded on a bell curve. And that is where most people don't realize that going in. I didn't realize that going in, that, you know, there will be people that fail because they have to. There will be people that get A's because they have to. But the majority of people get B's to B minuses. Yeah. That's just how that bell curve works. And so if I had known that going in as an A student getting B's when I thought at least that was an A is really a humbling experience. And it took me a lot of time to realize everyone else here is just as smart as I am. And everyone else here is working just as hard as I am. Yeah. So long gone are the days of like, you know, being distinguished because this law school fosters the environment where you work really hard and it's okay if you don't get the grade you want, but it shows you this is what I know. And it helps you to see this is what I deserve. Yeah. That's, a, that's actually a good way of thinking about it. So it is an adjustment though. You go oh. from high school to college and you're, <laughs> you're a big fish in a small pond and you go to college and Huge there's a adjustment. lot more big fish and yes. then law school is just big fish. Just big fish. And, but it also helps you realize that this is the working world mm-hmm. and not everyone can be a winner. And if yeah. to really stand out, you have to go above and beyond. And sometimes that's not even enough. And I had to realize that it's okay if I don't make an A on every test. That is almost impossible. Yeah. And they make it that way. So you can just kind of you know, keep your head down and go along with everyone else that's really working hard. Tell us a little bit about what your your 1L year looked like, just in terms of, you know, what did your schedule look like? Right. Um, how many hours a day were you actually spending maybe in class? How many, a day, how many hours were you having to study? Okay. I will preface this for people that are on the fence about law school. Law school is a commitment and law school is very, very hard. So if you're going to law school just for the heck of it, I would really strongly advise against that. You need to go to law school knowing that it's going to be unlike anything you've ever done. It will be so hard and you will have to dedicate so much of your time to it. So that being said, um, I started Baylor Law School does quarter system. So nine week quarters and you can enter in the spring, summer or fall, which is very unique to Baylor. I think honestly, it's like one of maybe very few law schools that do that. So I started in the summer and I graduated December, 2017. So I had about six months off to really get myself ready for law school. 
And what Baylor Law School does that's unique is they require you to take courses for the first three quarters. So you do not have control of your schedule. And that was the first difference to me being from college is, you know, they set your schedule. So if you're there from nine to five, you're there from nine to five. It just is however the professors want to teach the course at what time and what courses are offered. So the first three quarters are at the mercy of the law school. And everyone's taking the same courses. Yes. And so all the summer starters that were with me, there are about 30 of us. We were all in the same courses together, all doing the same exact thing. So there was yeah. no deviation, which is really fun because then you get to really know your classmates and appreciate them and they appreciate you and you all work together to kind of, you know, get to the common goal of taking the exam. Um, so for my summer, I had class starting at 8 a.m. and I went till four with a lunch break and a couple of random breaks here and there. But mm -hmm. for the most part, you go from, you know, eight to five, nine to five, eight to four, depends on how they schedule it. I started to really treat it as a job. So if I can just get up you know, around 6.30 as much as possible, usually I push that to 7.30 towards the end <laughs> of the quarter. But, you know, you just, you grind it out. You go from eight to five and then you can take, a, you know, an hour or two of a break, but then you've got homework. It's just the expectation of everyone else is doing this with you. So you don't really feel like you're missing out on a whole lot. Yeah. Um, so like I said previously, you have to know that you want to do this because you don't go there to find yourself. No, 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 no. And I mean, I, for ever since starting in May, I have been do, going to class from eight to four, nine to five, really. However, yeah. they kind of set it up and you do have some breaks depending on your schedule. They try to, they give you definitely a lunch break mm -hmm. and they give you this, you know, random hour break in between classes, but that's not enough time for you to leave. So you stay at the school and you study and then you come home and you study. How long are some of your classes? Um, okay. They're always an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Each class is that long. So but in that sense, it's, it's similar to a lot of college courses. Yes. Mm -hmm. It really is. And it just, it makes you sit down and really learn it. And they teach you from the Socratic method. Which is yeah. Let's let's talk <laughs> a about a good that. transition, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Explain to us a little bit about what that what that looks like, and then I'd like to go through the first time you were called on. Okay, um, absolutely. So Baylor Law stresses and teaches from the Socratic method, which they ask you questions, and you learn by response. And so they'll ask you very open-ended questions where they will kind of lead you towards an answer, but they really want you to kind of gut it out and take what you've read the night before or the material you've read up to this point and really tie it together. I mean, that's a good point just to jump in and say, you are expected to do a lot of the learning before oh, yeah. you get to class. No excuses for you standing up and not knowing the answer. Yeah. I mean... It's, it's real life. It's like a boss. They expect you to have your work done on time. If it's not done on time, you're in trouble. So, and some professors are pretty militant about it. They are. They've had, I mean, they've kicked people out of class before for not having their work done. I mean, if someone doesn't know an answer and you can tell they haven't read, he will make them stand up the whole class. Just <laughs> set an example, <laughs> which is, it's scary, but it's also like, okay, no, this, obviously you need to be doing your work. Yeah. Like, they want you to do well. And so they kind of will go through a little bit of embarrassment to say, like, get your work done. You can do this. Like, yeah. you know, it, you're not, you know, studying 24 hours. You can have a sleep schedule. You just need to be smart with your time. So there's really no excuse not to have your work done on time. Yeah. And that's, that's I guess, I mean, I do want, I want definitely going to come back to this Socratic method and talk okay, about yeah. your experience of that. But um, I'm going to get on the hobby horse here for a second. 
there's a lot of students who are getting up at like 10 o'clock in the morning and going to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And and there's this culture, I think, where, okay, if I'm doing an all-nighter, I'm working hard. Yeah. But what I think law school teaches you is it's not so much about how long you work, but it's your efficiency in studying. 100%. Some of my best exams that I took in law school have been from not the hours I put in, but the efficiency in which I studied. Yeah. And so some of them I studied not a whole lot, but in that small allotment of time, I studied really well and it showed. Other times you studied for hours on end and I still couldn't tell you what I studied. Well, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? After a certain point, the work you produce is not very high quality at all. Oh, no. Yeah. If you're pulling an all-nighter in law school, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. you will not, they won't accept the work. I mean, you know, because they can tell when you've stayed up the night before. Because it's, you know, it's just, it's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of writing. Yeah. And I think if, if you're one of our listeners who is seriously thinking about law school, that transition is going to be a lot easier if you start to establish some of those disciplines now. Treating college like a job still means you can have a great time. Yeah, Still absolutely. means you can be involved in student organizations, spend quality time with your friends, but it makes your life a little easier because by managing things well, you, you reduce the need for stress. Oh, absolutely. And I... I s- well, also stress, I am involved in a lot of organizations at Baylor yeah. Law. Um, I also have a social life. I, you know, I have the ability to hang out with friends when I want to, when I need to. And I don't feel like I'm missing out on studying time. Like there, there, I can have a life, but I also had to plan my study time and I had to plan, okay, if I go to bed now, I will be able to get this amount of sleep. I'm telling you now, <laughs> sleep <laughs> is so important in law school. And the faster you can realize that, the better off you'll feel and the more work you'll be able to do well. Yeah. Which is so important. Circling back to the law school classroom method. Okay. Tell us a little bit about how that works. So do the professors send out a, a syllabus with the, the readings for each week so you know what you're supposed to read in preparation for a certain class? Yes. Do you have a seating plan? Okay. So when we went in, obviously beforehand they post through emails that this is our syllabus. Please have this assignment done by this day. And you'll see it. It's very clearly what they expect of you per day. And so obviously you are strongly encouraged to read that and show up on the first day of school. You really... There's no syllabus day. No, no, no syllabus day. That was also a surprise from (laughs) college (laughs) law school. There is no break day. Um, But, you know, they were all adults, which I think is really different about law school is they treat you like an adult, but you also like have to be an adult. So you come in the classroom, you can sit anywhere you want. They do not care. But once you sit down, that is your seat for the quarter. So they do stress, like they will, you know, go around the seating chart so they know who to call on, you know, at different points in the quarter. Um, And so first day they come in and they're starting to teach right when they walk in the door. And you're like, all right, I, I mean, first day, this is what they're doing. And so you're like, all right, this is law school. And, you know, they'll ask questions and they'll talk about cases that we've read and they'll just say, you know, Miss Barry, please tell us the facts of the case. And when your name is called, you stand up and you present. And present means you just you talk about the case to him or the, her. The professor wants to have an intelligent conversation with you. They're not looking for the quote unquote right answer, but they're looking for an answer to show that you've read. And just memorizing the facts is not enough. Either. No, I did that for a little bit and that proved to be very... <laughs> it was ineffective. <laughs> yeah, no, no, ill-advised. Because <laughs> you read the cases, what I've learned this might be helpful for people coming into law school. You read the cases to learn the principles of why they enacted that law. 
through reading the cases, you learn why the courts did this and not that. So the facts of the case, the, you know, the names aren't as important as, okay, why did they apply that rule here? And how would you apply it to and this how it, hypothetical? And a hypothetical yeah. on an exam per se. So <laughs> I, at first I was just memorizing facts, memorizing facts because I thought, you know, I heard from the grapevine, law school is all about just memorization. You got to know the facts of the case. When we get there, they're like, we maybe know five cases from our own law school experience. We're here to teach you why you read the cases. You read them for understanding. Yeah. You glean more information than just the names of the victims. I mean, those will be forgotten. Yeah. You know, the next day after you read another case. And so they want you to be able to present the facts um, in a way that helps you understand why they apply that rule or why they invented that rule of law. And so the Socratic method really helps you just think through those answers. And the professor will always ask a rebuttal question and help you really kind of hone in on it. But it's also kind of nervous because you're standing up in front of your peers and your yeah. peers are watching you. And there's no way to hide. There's no way to hide. And if you don't know something, you also feel them watching you. And you feel the professor knowing that you haven't read. And so it just it's an environment where a lot of is expected of you. So you must you must do it. Yeah, I mean, I can remember not reading for class and just pretending to look through my notes mm-hmm. or just looking very studiously like I was writing something Right, down right. Just the hopes hope they want to call. <laughs> But inevitably, there are some professors who will look for the people mm-hmm. who are looking at their notes yep. precisely so they can call on them. Right. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about study groups and how your study in law school has maybe been different to some of the great text courses, for example. So in college, I studied best alone mm-hmm. because it was, you know, mass amounts of information. Memorization was really encouraged in college. And so that's I did that best alone. Yeah. With law school, your exams consist of you applying what you've learned in class, the rules, the principles you learned through the cases to hypotheticals that the professors give you on an exam. You have to be able to apply that to the hypotheticals. So your best bet in those in those situations are studying with a group because everyone has a different idea, has a different take on what they see the issue being, the problem being, and how they would apply a certain rule of law. And there's so much material. Oh, it's a lot. It's too much for you to just do as like a lone warrior. No, on your own. You will not do well if you study on your own. And that's what I've realized. And it's everyone comes together. I will say Baylor Law has been one of the best experiences of my life just because you've got to meet so many people from so many different backgrounds. And I had that preconception or the misconception, excuse me, that Baylor Law was so competitive. It wasn't worth it. And I get in to the law school and I realize everyone is in the same boat as me. Everyone wants to do well, but everyone's willing to help each other. Yeah. I've had so many people give me outlines from, you know, the courses they've taken in law school and they'll pass down outlines going, this really helped me at this point in time. I'd encourage you to look at this. Or they're like, hey, let everyone else know about this outline that's available for you to look at while you build your own. And I mean, it's, it fosters an environment of people working together because you do realize that after three years, these are your colleagues. That's right. So you better, you know, Build some good relationships with people. Some of them are going to be judges that you appear before. Oh, absolutely. Some of them are going to help you get that next job. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're networking yeah. for three years. Um, so, I really, I have been in study groups with just different people based on different, you know, likes, dislikes of like, oh, I study better if we're all like, you know, talking about it or I study better if we're writing pictures on a whiteboard. And so you, you could just find your study group, but I do encourage everyone to get one and it's easy. No one's, ex- no one excludes you. No one yeah. tries to hurt you in the process. Everyone is in the same boat. Well, I think too, the temptation is like scout out who's the smartest uh-huh. 
in this class and then gravitate to them. Right. But that does not mean the best study group. Oh, no, not at all. And the way they may think about things are totally different from you. And if you can't, you know, track with what they're saying, then you're not going to do well on on an all school exam. You know, you have to be able to put it in your own words. People that you can stand being around Uh and people that share the workload. Because I think when we think of the college experience and we think of group assignments. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And there's always always that one Uh or two who just doesn't do their share of the work. And you you don't necessarily in law school need the smartest person, but you need that group of people who are willing to share the load, people that you can trust. If they say, we're going to take this part of the course and provide the outline for everyone in the study group. You need to know that they're going to do it and put together a good piece of work. Oh, 100%. If you don't have what you need going to the exam, you will not do well. Because it's one exam. Yeah. For most courses, it's one exam <laughs> it for is. the entire semester. It is. You, For us, we have the nine-week quarters, and we go in and take an exam, and that determines our final grade. And let me remind you again, it's on a bell curve. Yeah. So, I mean, the pressure's high, and so you have to be able to work with people that also can think like you and say, okay, if we can get this information down, we can articulate it in this fashion. Our chances are better. And we, we'll get a better grade than if we did it's this all on our own. Yeah, but it is one grade. That's Yeah. It was unheard of to me before coming into law yeah, school. Yeah, there's no kind of oh, I did okay on the midterm, but I can I can catch up. Yeah, no, yeah. no catching up. It's either you do well or you know, they'll see you next quarter. <laughs> yeah, and that's we were the same reason we're talking about being disciplined with sleep and disciplined with the way you run your day. It's very easy to not do any study, just to do what you need to do to get through class. But if you're not doing the study, if you're not disciplined, you continue, don't do that throughout the course of the semester. You're going to get found out. Oh, yeah. At the end of the semester. Absolutely. I mean, personal experience, really. <laughs> <laughs> Very honest here. But like, yeah, I mean, if you wait to the last minute, your grade will not reflect what you wanted or what you knew. Yeah. Because you were in a panic mode of cramming. And cramming does not work in law school. Yeah. And because when we cram, we're, a lot of the time what we're doing is we're memorizing and then we're regurgitating. Right. And that is not going to cut it. In a law no, in a law exam, does not. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things that you maybe wish you'd done differently, or some things that you've learned in law school that would be helpful for our undergraduates to to hear. I wish in college I would have invested more in taking practical business courses. I'm going back to that again. Yeah. This the amount of people that took business courses in college are in my opinion, better prepared to do some of the courses that require, like I said, damages. There's, mm-hmm. We always have to take tax, yeah. a basic tax class for lawyers. And you know that would have been helpful if I would have had just basic knowledge because it's not hard concepts, but if you're coming from a place of not knowing anything, yeah. you're in for a little bit of a surprise. So just the practical classes of how to talk to others, how to present finance and accounting. I wish I had had more of that going in. I think that would have just put me in a little bit better position to just, you know, see problems and see how, you know, problem solve. Yeah. That's really what it is. At the same time, I am grateful to have the great text, which was kind of like a heavy English history course because yeah. there is so much reading to law school. So that did prepare me to be able to just sit down and grind it out um, while retaining the information. So I would encourage people that are looking into law school you know, the traditional poli-sci major may not get you there Yeah, to be as prepared as you would have been if you had done just some different courses and taken as much as you can from the college and appreciate just everything there is to offer. Because I truly believe the more well-rounded person 
does better in law school because they can just take information from so many different parts of their life and apply it to problems on the exam. You, you actually went straight to law school from college, I, by and large. Right, right. Yeah. I took six months off. Yeah. I graduated early from college, um, and I was going to go right into law school, decided to take a little bit of time off, and that was great. It really was. Yeah. Six months, I was getting to the point where, okay, I was getting a little bit antsy. I was ready to go into law school. I will say a lot of my peers have worked for years on end before coming to law school, and oftentimes they're the ones that tend to do better in law school just because they've had that real world experience that honestly you can't describe it you can't explain it but i mean just a different perspective of different perspective they've seen life they've known how to do just basic skills um that a lot of us college students you know we don't really we haven't had that we haven't had to live on our own per se do you wish you'd maybe taken a little bit longer um yes and no uh, no, from the standpoint of I was ready to start law school yeah. by the end of six months. I had been doing odds and ends jobs and I was getting antsy. I, I wanted to get on with my life. However, if I had had a job that would have afforded me practical skills uh, or even specialized skills like accounting and, and finance, yeah. I think that I would have taken more time off so I could have honed in on those skills before starting law school. It really depends. I would not take a year off, two years off just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. I would really be thinking, okay, is this a job that I can correlate into law school that would really help me understand the principles at hand, that would help me figure out what I want to actually do with my life, that would help me in law school, that would help me kind of what law I want to practice. I just wouldn't take a year off to take a year off. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. Um, I think people that have job opportunities when they graduate should take them if they've had, if they're good. Yeah. However, I was, you know, on the other end of the spectrum where I was, you know, well, I just need to find a job. Just the job just will really job. help me. Yeah. And that's not the case. Yeah. is I think I think the big thing is to find a job that you can articulate a connection to law. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be working in a real estate office. That could be working in a small business. That could be working in banking, accounting, any number of things. Just as long as you're able to articulate how that connects right. to your interest in law. Right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you think might be ahead for you in terms of your areas of interest. Have they changed since you got into law school? Where, where do you kind of see yourself? Because you're, you're officially a 2L now. I am. It's crazy. <laughs> it goes by really fast. Um, well, I came into law school really interested in maritime and admiralty law because that's what I did during my time in London for a short time and really enjoyed it just because it had so many components that I thought were very interesting about yeah. the law and stuff that I didn't even realize was part of the law. So coming into law school, that's, you know, tunnel vision, maritime admiralty. But the nice part about law school is they make you take other courses so they can show you that there are other things besides yeah. criminal law <laughs> and other things besides, <laughs> you know, corporate law for whatever that is. Yeah. And so the more I was in law school, the more I started to learn that I love property law. I love probates and estates and trusts, something I thought what I would never even consider as something that is really piquing my interest now. And they really want um, to give you as many courses as possible just to show you that there are so many aspects of law that most people don't even know exist. Yeah. And to give you the opportunity to say, oh, I might be really good at this. Why not pursue it? Um, while my interest in law school have changed a little bit, I really want to try to go more towards a property type law, 
maritime and admiralty law is still the end goal for me, where I still think I could integrate property law into the maritime industry and helping with shipping and trading and whose property, whose ship is it? You it's know, just a different kind of property. It is different. Yeah. You know, yeah. sorry, it's not just the land aspect of it, but property comes in all different shapes and sizes, which I also didn't realize. <laughs> so it has been, it really has helped you broaden your perspectives, your horizons regarding the type of legal opportunities that are available to you and know that there are many different types of law that you kind of have to have to happenstance upon or, you know, yeah. you stumble in on. And I also didn't realize that literally everything we do nowadays is regulated by some sort of law. Yeah. And sometimes it's that first job that determines what kind of lawyer you're going to be. Right. You know, if you go and spend those first three years in wills and estates, mm-hmm. it can be tricky to move into prosecution. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, after that. <laughs> so that, that first job, that first landing spot can mm-hmm. have a huge kind of bearing where you where you go. Sheridan, this has been, uh, I think, a very informative conversation. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And uh, we certainly wish you all the best as our, as our first Baylor to Baylor Law Scholar. And we wish you all the best for the years ahead. All right. Thank you for having me. 